Welcome to an Uncommon Conversation, brought to you by the Kaufman Foundation. This episode is the third in a series of frank personal conversations between women in the entrepreneurship space who discuss equity and economic engagement through the lens of their personal and professional experiences. In this episode, we are joined by first-time mother and first-time entrepreneur, Ella Livingston, and serial entrepreneur and mother of three, Shelly Bell. Livingston is the founder of Coco Asante, a premium chocolate company that handcrafts truffles using cocoa sourced from her home country of Ghana. Shelly Bell is the founder of Black Girl Ventures, an organization that provides women with access to community, capital, and capacity building that leads to economic advancement through entrepreneurship. In this candid conversation, they share how the realities of caregiving and the cost of living have impacted their economic choices as women. So I'm Ella Livingston. Um, I became a mother, wow, last year in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, um, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been the most beautiful experience. It's been the best experience. But at the same time, it has been hands down the hardest thing I've ever had to do is just managing motherhood and life in general you know, that comes with being a working mom. I'm a high school math teacher. I am an entrepreneur. So I have a chocolate company um, yeah. and then a wife and a housekeeper, all, all of that good, good stuff. Um, but I started my company in 2018. What we basically do is we um, create beautiful chocolate products by hand and we use a company that sources the cocoa from my home country, Ghana. So but yeah, that's where I am. And that's who I am. So I am Shelly Bell. I'm the founder and CEO of Black Girl Ventures. I have lived a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a lot of things. I was a computer science teacher in high school, a high school computer science teacher for about four years. Mm -hmm. I worked for the Patent and Trademark Office. I worked for, um, I worked in workforce development, but I landed on doing Black Girl Ventures, creating Black Girl Ventures after um, a stint of just like trying different business mm -hmm. things and models because I needed to make capital. I was engaged and my uh, fiance at the time did not want me to start a business. Oh. Um, and I was, I was uh, pregnant with my third child after I had her. Um, he was like, nah, I don't think you should start a business because I, I don't think it's going to be stable enough for the family that we're trying to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and so I didn't at first. I went and I got another job. I felt like mm -hmm. it would be fun. My partner didn't. I'm like, I'm going to be a wife. I've never done that before. So maybe this is what I should do. So mm. at this point, I have, I have three children total. So I had my first child when I was 17. I had my second child when I was 21. And after that, I was like, lock it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually planned my six-year-old. What I think is interesting, though, about the idea of, um, you know, like motherhood and uh, wages and that kind of thing is that when I had my first child at 17 and my mom was like, you're not going to be a, a statistic. So I grew, mm -hmm. I grew up very middle-class, two parents, you know, the typical, whatever American dream is supposed to look like mm -hmm. two parents, 1.5 kids, house, dog, fence, that kind of thing. What my children know about life because I'm a single parent is, is not necessarily that from an emotional balance, I think standpoint, but from a financial balance standpoint, I, I was working myself crazy to mm -hmm. try to provide what I had. 
because mm-hmm. that was my bar for what I could see. So my yes. junior year in college, and I rarely ever tell this story. My junior year in college, I went to get section eight because I could not afford to take care of these two children by myself, right? Mm-hmm. And their, their fathers, different fathers were active, but not fully caretakers. Like that's who I hoped they'd be, but they didn't turn out to be that. So I'm a single mom with these two children at that time about to graduate from college. Mm-hmm. I graduate from college and I get, I have section eight food stamps, um, you know, as much government assistance as I could possibly get. But like, I learned like, oh, like these things are keeping people afloat mm-hmm. on their motherhood journey. And the real enemy is the cost of living, right? Say so, like, that. The real enemy is the cost of living. Like I had a degree. I worked good jobs. I had been a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I worked for the federal government, all of that. But I had two children and I'm a single parent. I could not afford to live in the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia area with two children as a single parent without mm-hmm. some government assistance. Mm-hmm. But having government assistance is like, mm, oh, what? Yeah, you're, sh- you're shamed for it. And it's one of those things where like, this is not a black person's story. This is not a like girl over there story. This is not a, oh, you, you had kids when you was in high school. So this is an American story. The idea that American citizens cannot survive and, and thrive, mm-hmm. right? Without government assistance at any level of being a mother, mm-hmm. that should be absurd, right? Yes. That should not be, that it should not be shameful that you have a kid and you want to raise your kid by yourself, no matter what your circumstances were. I don't care what happened to the father. I don't, the father could have passed away. That's mm-hmm. not the point. Because even if there was this, the quote unquote uh, more acceptable thing that happened to them, to their fathers, mm-hmm. I still would not have been able to live without government assistance in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, right? Uh, so um, honestly, entrepreneurship for me was like, one, I'm not going to work for someone who can look at what I've been doing for the last five years and be like, oh, I see 65,000. Wait, what? Time out. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. On top of the fact that I was just never a good employee. Like, I always want to change something. I always want to make things better. Yes. But that's what they should be wanting, right? No. <laughs> Listen, you a teacher, you know that. Look, I know, I know. Look, this year has been tough to say the least. Like, so we were supposed to get, uh, like when you were talking about wages and, 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 and money and the cost of living, that hit home because so right now, so we live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's not like a big city or anything like that. It's a great city to live in. Like there's articles about, you know, how Chattanooga, gig city, et cetera, et cetera. But the cost of living is rising so fast. And it's to the point where, so me and my husband went to find a house, went to uh, purchase a house this past year. And it was difficult. It was difficult for us to find a house in a, in a, in a good area that we could, we could afford. And uh, even now, especially now with, 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 with Bella, like when I think of, you know, just adding up everything, daycare costs, every, like it's to the point where we actually couldn't afford daycare for Bella. The only reason why, you know, my daughter is even in daycare is, be, um, is because teachers were considered emergency workers. And so we got a stipend um, to cover childcare. And even though we're limited to where we can go, at least it's something. Cause at, at first we were only able to send her two days out of the week. 
And that was at our max. That is at our max. And we, we both have jobs, but we weren't able to afford to send Bella to daycare. So I was at the point where it's like, okay, like I'm doing this entrepreneurship thing, but my job is my steady paycheck right now. But it's, if I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm a virtual teacher. So I have, at least I had that. So if I, you know, when Bella didn't go to daycare, she was with me, but next year I'm going to be in person. There's no way I can be an in-person teacher and send Bella to daycare because that's my entire paycheck. Daycare is our mortgage. Daycare is my paycheck. And so it was like, there's no, there's no point in me returning to work because I simply can't, I can't even afford to do that. It's interesting because I think like this idea of like entrepreneur mothers, mothers in general, um, fall into this place of like, I am the sacrificial go when the childcare doesn't work out. Yes. That's it. That is like, it's like childcare ain't working out. I'm the one that's going to take it on. That's it. And I don't know if that's a physical from the body thing or like men just are not conditioned societally to Mm -hmm. think about it that way. There's like why it keeps falling on a mom that she's a sacrificial goat for the thing. And Mm -hmm. when the child needs a thing or is needing a thing, it it is, it's so true and it's so real Mm -hmm. that 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 is the way that it typically goes. I mean, I mean, as we also what is this like I can handle it thing you know like look I don't know what it I have it I have it and I need to there's been times where like something will happen and it's like Rudy will have to get Bella ready and I'm like packing her food even though like I'm at work I'm taking time to pack her food pick her outfit out check you know did you get this did you get that and it's like one day I saw it I was like why am I doing all this what even if he p- puts her in a mismatched outfit like one day one day he sent her to my mom's house and she was in her pajamas like <laughs> she didn't have new clothes on and I was just like you know it, it, that would usually bother me but I was just like it is what it is because I'm taking on too much and I shouldn't like you when you were saying that you know with daycare issues like if something happens we take that on when Bella is not able to go to daycare I'm, I'm working online. I'm working virtually. My husband's working virtually, not once. And, and not to say anything against him because he's been doing great. Yeah. But not once is Bella downstairs with Rudy at work. She's always with me. My students know Bella. They know what she looks like. They know that she loves pulling my headphones out. They know that she will, you know, shut down class on accident, but it's like <laughs> that burden falls on me. And I, and I, I, I just, I, yeah, that's that's yeah. I, I mean, it's the mothers spend 1.7 for more hours uh, caring for and helping children in the household than fathers. Like I, yeah. I am like, oh my goodness, looking at these stats, I don't even know that I've been able to put numbers to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at them going like, ooh, is that real? Like that is so crazy. I I think like after I had my analysis around Skyler. Mm-hmm. I don't think her dad even understood what my body was doing. Yes. I didn't understand what my body was doing. Right. So I was feeling like he's around here acting like everything is fine. He's 
dancing and prancing and going to the freaking gym mm-hmm. i'm over here trying to heal from one of the worst c-sections i've ever had mm-hmm. so i think like and the idea that like well let's get back let's get your body back let's get it back yeah and there, there is no snapback a year later i still haven't there it's not back honey, it's been four years and i, I had a child <laughs> over 30 when you have a child over 30 it's a whole different ball game mm-hmm. so, and then but then i think social media can we talk about social media yes how these messages oh look at the snapback listen girl whatever yeah whatever <laughs> i'm not look i was less like i gotta choose between exercising and taking care of my child getting work done eating like there's no there's no we don't it's almost like some some of us can't afford to even have a snapback because Cannot we just have so much on our plate emotional mm-hmm. or financial capacity in the sense that like having a whole nurse having a whole chef having mm-hmm. a whole like whatever levels of elite freaking healthcare that provide this like ultimate level of whatever you get to have like mm-hmm. I just, there is a different world that we something that people pretend isn't happening that is yeah. happening on the elite and the privilege as like what you can have access to and who and how many people and what adds to your capacity yeah even like the way the society continues to perpetuate this idea of like whose role it is to do what there's that and even though I think that that has kind of um you know lessened a little bit you know in 40 states plus the district of columbia the cost of child care for two children exceeds mortgage costs among homeowners you know what Ooh, where the finances fail mothers completely pick up with energy and emotions yes 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 that's yes that's exactly that's it. that's it. We become what we need, regardless of whether we have the credentials, the degrees, the time. We become what we need because we have no choice. I'm. I sat back one day and I was just like, "Should it really be this hard? Should it really be this hard to have graduated college, to have a master's degree, and, and should, should I be struggling this hard to just survive?" And the answer is no. And then that's sort of the thing. Well, are there places where there are, I guess, where there's systems in place? Are there countries where there's systems in place where people don't have to struggle like this? And the answer is yes. And my my question is like, why why not us? Why why not us? Like when I when I was going through pregnancy, I remember um, they told me first and foremost that um, my maternity leave was eight weeks I was like okay great I can do that eight weeks unpaid then I was like wait a minute what Mm -hmm. so how am I supposed to survive eight weeks unpaid but like y'all barely pay me enough right Mm -hmm. and then it was like well you just use your sick days the only reason why I had enough sick days is because I've been working there for years what if if it was my first year Mm -hmm. and then going through the pregnancy I had a high-risk pregnancy and it was extremely difficult I was sick every day up until I gave birth um and I couldn't even use my sick days because I had to save up my sick days for my mm-hmm. maternity leave. My husband, he got paternity leave paid. So his company did great with making sure like, you know, things were good on our end. And, and then when the pandemic hit, he got um, to work from home. I had to fight to work from home 
in the pandemic mm -hmm. as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Students got options, parents got the choice to keep your child at home. Teachers didn't have the option to keep. Mm -hmm. I had to come with a doctor's note and then even then I had to fight with my doctor to get the doctor's note because he was oh just like, God. I tell you, I was in there. I'm like, just, just had recovered from the C-section. I'm going through postpartum and I'm like, and it was like terrible postpartum where they put me on medication. I was seeing a therapist because it was so bad. And I'm just like, okay, I want, I need to go back to work, but I don't want to go back. We're in the middle of the pandemic. I have a newborn baby. I could not take the risk. And when I went to my doctor, he was like, no, well, actually, um, I don't, you know, I can't give you a doctor's note because we're encouraging pregnant women and, you know, women who've just had babies to, to go back to work. And I was just like, are you serious? So I had to go to another doctor to be able to get a oh doctor's note. So it's like from the workplace, from, from healthcare, it was just like, everything was fighting against me to just be able to safely do my job and safely be a mother. And so it's, I haven't had the best experience. And I hate, I feel like we're like harping and harping and like, just, this is bad about it. This is terrible about this. But I think like, I think people need to know, you know, if, un unless we bring awareness to these things, people just think that it's all fine and dandy. And it's not. it's not as a, as a teacher with so many females in that profession, there should be no reason why we don't have pay, uh, paid maternity leave. There should be no reason why it's so limited. Um, I mean, just it's lacking in so many ways. And, mm. and unless we talk about it, people are just going to think that we're okay with it. And we're not, Sorry. there's yeah. too many women who've had to leave because they had to choose. Am I going to raise my kids? Or am I going to send my own entire paycheck to daycare? And that's where I'm at now. I'm, I had to leave the profession because it just, I couldn't, as much as I love my kids, as much as I love what I do, as, as fun, I mean, I'm the type of teacher, we do music videos in class. I mean, we're having a great time while working this math. As much as I love that, I can't afford to do it anymore. Oh my God. Fewer than one in five civilian employees have access to paid family leave. That's great. It's, it's just like, but what, like this, uh, why it's crazy that like people that have been birthed, they have been birthed like from whole women's bodies have mm -hmm. no respect for the, for, for the birthing process, for the woman they came out of, like mm -hmm. nobody has any, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, cannot afford really takes another, um, another perspective when you think about the infant mortality rates from one place to another so if you think about so just in dc alone the infant mortality rate on, in like southeast dc mm -hmm. is like double or triple like wow. the, the infant mortality rate just on the other side of the freaking city and it's like are you kidding me so it really like afford yeah afford in a different place like mm -hmm. afford to lose uh, yourself your body your children you know healthcare. like it brings a lot more into into perspective when you think about it that way I mean my honestly my like shining light at the end of the tunnel was entrepreneurship mm -hmm. because after I landed on a business model because that was the key yeah on a business model that will bring me capital I had, I had a a t-shirt line, a clothing line, and a print shop. I was printing for brands and corporations. Mm -hmm. And it was like capital that was that would bring in largest amounts of capital at once. So anyway, I worked myself off of Session 8 with entrepreneurship. If I was still teaching K through 12 education, I would not 
have been able to put now two kids through college. One wow. kid gone graduated uh, on Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. having the, and my son is now George Mason. So my oldest son graduated from North Carolina A&T. My 19-year-old is now George Mason. And I am paying for that out of pocket as an entrepreneur with the company that I built wow. and the revenue that I made Wow. by myself. Wow. I could never afford to do that working a regular job. I couldn't. Yeah. It, uh, your capacity is limited and everything's determined by someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hope, that's what I hope to do with, with Coco Asante. Having just resigned, I, I'll finish out the school year, of course, but I'm taking that oh, like you, leap you of just resign. Well, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I go between like, okay, I can do this to what did I do? Like, are we even going to make it? So I'm like literally in this period of like, I just, I went out on faith and I hope that I can look back and say the same thing that you have said, because I, I see entrepreneurship, not just, it's, it's a way out. It's a way to provide for the family. It's a way to build something that can continue on like four generations. I'm tying in the what my family does, the past of our family. And I want to build it to be something that can continue into the future. So that's the hope whether I can, I, I know I can do it because I have the will and I have the capability and I have the grit. Uh, I just hope that the necessary doors that are supposed to open, open up, especially in terms of just, just capital. That's, that's just capital. No, I love it. And listen, you will. And I would say like, if, if there's any advice that I could give you, concentrate on your business model. Like, you know, to grow your business, concentrate on those business models. And I mean, throughout the, throughout the course of, of your business, you'll find yourself trying to balance like growing your business and the role of being a mother. Mm -hmm. um, the great thing about entrepreneurship that I learned is that I can control all of that. Yes. I can control my time. I can control. So, but ways that I've, I've, I've learned to balance that I, is to just work like you're working a regular work day, like try to incorporate it as much as you can. So like schedules, scheduling, like, okay, eight to five, I'm mm -hmm. off at five, literally I'm off and just closing my computer and walking away. Cause when I, <laughs> when I became an entrepreneur, I thought I was such a good time manager. Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. My job was totally managing my time. <laughs> mm -hmm. It wasn't me. So I just, I folded right into that. I mean, you'll be so buried in it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's going to be key this summer because like, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, tr I'll have to figure out how to schedule working, but then also being with Bella since we won't have daycare, it'll primarily be on me. So what hours can I set aside to work? Where can I find somebody to help? I think that's one thing that I am. So coming from Ghana in our culture, you know, first and foremost, we don't live just with a nuclear family. You have generations in one household. So childcare is a lot easier because your mom is there, your grandma is there. It's, you know, there's there's family that can help. Whereas here, it's just a lot more difficult. It's it's all just the, the woman. And so, yeah, I'll just have to figure out where can I get help? Where can I get support and really use those supports? Um, because yeah, childcare is definitely, I think my, right now, my biggest barrier because what I need is time to grow the company and I don't have the time if I'm being a mother, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
have week to week visitation. So that also helps me. So okay. If I don't have her. I plan everything I possibly can to the max. Yes. Good. So good. Week when I do have her, I'm still working, but I'm trying to balance. I can kind of cut off my work at a certain point, mm-hmm. you know, and then investing in having the people around you. And some of that meant like putting her, putting my kids in activities where mm-hmm. like I met other moms. Maybe sometimes I keep their kids. I mean, Bella's yeah. mom, like as she gets bigger, it'll you know, be easier to do that. Yeah, it'd be easy to do that. Having a mom friends, mom friends, well, she has friends. So sometimes they come over, you kind of keep them. Sometimes mm-hmm. she come over, you keep. You know, I have, we have in the building that I live in, we have a mom group that we just oh, kind of formed. And so um, it was just like, hey, girl, I need to run to the store right quick. Or, hey, could you unlock this? Can you, you know, hey, could you check on that? Like, like that community mm-hmm. is key. That okay. Community. Yeah. So it's like, it's building that community, building that village, not just in the family, but That's right. with those around you. Okay. Okay. That's right. And sometimes you got to intentionally build it because they don't always just come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, you know, I wonder like, what do you think could be some solutions? I would really love to wrap up with like, mm-hmm. what can moms do? If there's a mom out there who's like, I know all the things that are not working and I just want to freaking find something. I need some light, some inspiration. What can work? What would you what would you say to that mom? Man. I what can work? I feel I feel like what we've been talking about overall are like we, you know, like we've the as as we've touched on the problems, therein were the solutions. We need daycare that's accessible to all. We need daycare that's affordable. We need our wages to be the same. We need better health care. We need better maternity care. We um, we need better support for entrepreneurs. We need better support for for Black female entrepreneurs. I feel like you heard we heard a lot of um, you know last year, especially with George Floyd. You hear, heard a lot of companies promising to spend this amount of money with Black companies to increase diversity, to close the wage gap. And um, I was re- recently reading an article, and it was th- they were saying out of that. Um, I don't want to get the numbers wrong, but it was like 50 billion was pledged and only 5 million has been given so far. And it's been a year. And so it's like, so we definitely need just more, more, more funding and more people to follow through with, with, with what they pledge. And I think what can kind of affect all of this overall is we really need a government that cares about us as people. Mm. Because if you don't care about the people, you're not going to care about their children. You're not going to care about their future. You're not going to care about their wages, how they're doing. You're not going to care about their quality of life. And sometimes we look at people in poverty or people, working people or us. And, you know, from from the top down, it's like, you know, y'all don't deserve to relax. Y'all don't deserve to enjoy life. Y'all just need to work yourselves and pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. But I think that we pe- people just need to care at the end of the day. And if we had that, the issues that we have in education, the issues that we have in the workforce, the issues that we have that we've discussed this whole time, I think that real, real systemic change could be could be helped. Because they can you can put as much policy as they want, but unless you really truly care, it won't go far and it won't last long. That's right. That's right. No, I think figure out your own formula. 
because the only way to cut through the noise from what I've learned is to figure out your own formula that works for you. Like figuring out a lot of times when we start over or we leave things or, you know, it feels like we're starting over. And I always tell people like, you're not starting over, you're starting from here. And from mm. here is with everything you know. That's you right. Not, now here's it, what, what motherhood would give you is the freaking hustle spirit. You know how to, you know how to carry more than one thing up some steps. Yeah. Okay. You know how to like, you know, you, you, you could carry like five bags of grocery, a kid on your shoulder, their blanket, their car seat. Like you got all that all in your hands at one time. And, <laughs> and you treasuring up the steps. Like, I think that we mm. definitely as mothers should be celebrated for how we take everything on our backs, finances, emotional capacity, and even partners, right? Mm-hmm. And then we roll with it and we just stand, we take a stand. And it's like looking at your playbook for, for success and saying, what the things that have made me successful, yes, I got a degree. Yes, I got the other job, the job experience, the work experience, the way to articulate. But what about me has caused the success? Because there's a lot of people out there that got degrees. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that got, you know, all these other things, same things you have. And their lives look different, not, not good or bad, just different. And so there's something about each one of us mm-hmm. that has created our playbook for where we can go. And that can always be shifted. Pages can be ripped out. The last play can be X'd out. You can be like, we're not using that play no more. But I think when I got engaged in constant self-discovery mm-hmm. and business and business discovery, and I quieted all the noise, you know, all the stats and the news and the social media. And I'm not saying I went off of any platforms. I was still there. But I just, I had to have my moments of quieting, sitting mm-hmm. down, looking at the numbers, looking at my skill set and saying, what can I do? And I think that is what a mom has. That's what motherhood is like you're constantly predicting mm-hmm. as a mom you're constantly predicting like oh oh you oh when you, oh when he squealed like that it doesn't mean he got air in his stomach child that's what I learned mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> you know oh, oh when she shifts her head like that she's getting a little sleepy let's go ahead and get the blanket out like we have that intuition that kind of like develops through that motherhood gene of like pulling it out and being like I got this because all I got to mm-hmm. do is think about it. All I got to do is watch how this moves, right? And I think as we apply that to markets, as mm-hmm. we apply that to marketing, as we apply that to business models, that's why mothers thrive. Wow. I think. I think you 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 put that you articulate that very 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 well. We we take that skill set that we've been surviving on and doing well on, and we apply that to the workforce. I like that one hundred percent. Thank you for listening to this Kaufman Foundation podcast. For more stories on growing an inclusive economy, please visit us at emkf.org forward slash currents. The Uncommon Conversation series brings two people together to discuss personal perspectives and fresh opinions on topics related to the Kaufman Foundation's work. The perspectives of our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kaufman Foundation, but are presented here to celebrate uncommon voices and civil discourse to move conversations forward.